Hi, I'm Joanne Murphy. Welcome to Try Talking Sport, the podium podcast for athletes, adventurers and endurance enthusiasts. This bonus episode of Try Talking Sport was recorded at the recent Triathlon Ireland Women's Health and Wellbeing Conference. As part of the conference, I had the opportunity to interview four incredibly inspiring women as part of the athlete panel. On the panel, Paralympic gold medalist Eve McChrystal, who was pilot for paracyclist Katie George Dunleavy. The pair won gold in the time trial and silver in the road race at Rio 2016, and most recently won a third consecutive gold in the time trial at the Paracycling World Championships in the Netherlands just last September. Fiona O'Donnell is a nutritionist and lifestyle coach from West Cork, who is also an avid triathlete and a kidney transplant recipient. Also from West Cork Triathlon Club, Bird Downey is a triathlete who is incredibly resilient, brave and inspiring, continuing her training whilst receiving breast cancer treatment over the past 12 months. The final panellist is Dr Hilary Hughes, current middle distance national champion and winner of the 2019 BMW Triathlon National Series. Making a return to triathlon this year, Hilary has stood on the podium in every race she entered, balancing her career in medicine with her training. Huge thanks to Triathlon Ireland for partnering with us to release this panel discussion and for organising such an educational and interesting day for women in sport. The sold-out conference hall was gripped by this funny, honest, relatable discussion about overcoming adversity, balancing life and sport and achieving goals. And you will be too. We join the conversation with Fiona O'Donnell, who chats about life as a triathlete after having a kidney transplant. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, they told me then in 2015, after that kind of failed, that I would probably need a, a transplant. So um, I, I think in retrospect, it was, it was now no one actually wants to have a transplant or go through any of that. But in retrospect, it really um, made me appreciate what I could do. And you don't appreciate your health until you don't have it. Um, so as I started to manage it more acutely, um, I just decided that like all my friends were cycling and doing triathlon and uh, I couldn't swim, I couldn't put my face in the water. So um, I was a little bit jealous as they all swam into the distance around the island and in Loch Ine and stuff. So um, uh, I decided to start doing triathlon just for the crack, just the fear of missing out was killing me. Mm-hmm. Um, and being involved in sport really got me through that phase because you're doing something and you're in charge of something and you're in control of something when everything else kind of feels like it's running away in its own direction. I like the way you say you, you have control so from a psychological perspective yeah. you were taking back control of your own life and your own oh, health by, by, by doing this. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I suppose when I move across to you, Burr, I mean, for you're going through breast cancer treatment at the moment um, but you're still active in, yeah. in sport. Yeah, um, I suppose when I was diagnosed the first thing I did to get my head around it, because I was told my treatment would be a year, um, and I was like, are you sure? I didn't even know you could have treatment for a full year. I was like, okay, I need to break this down into stages. So I had, my, my first part of it was um, surgery. I had a mastectomy. And then I, I started um, a, a course of double chemo and then single chemo. And I decided I'd break it down and look at it like a training plan. And I'd approach it like a training plan and break it down into, sta- into stages. And then even with, within each day, I decided that I'd break each day down because some days I was just so sick in the beginning when I was on chemo every week. 
Um, but I would realise that there'd be some part of the day that I would be okay. So I broke the day into three. There was there was morning, afternoon, and evening. With like a transplant. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I, you know, I would say to people, don't write the whole day off. There's going to be a window somewhere in that day that I might be okay to go for a walk or. You know, or even just to be able to get out of bed and to go downstairs and sit with the family, um, and just I, I suppose my whole approach was was about looking at what I can do and literally offering up what I couldn't do. I was kind of probably at my fastest when I was diagnosed. Um, I, I I I was approached and asked would I be part of a female team to go race training, cycle training, and I had just started that that process and I was. I suppose at the peak of my fitness on the bike, the bike is my favourite and my best discipline. Um, and I just thought, I just need to park all of that and put it aside and look at what I can do. And if today all I can do is, I mean, initially I couldn't even go for a walk on the beach on my own because I wasn't well enough. The guards would come and myself, Fiona, are great friends. We've not, and the other thing is about surrounding yourself with really positive people. So, you know, the girls would come and pick me up and bring me for a walk. And we kind of had a joke because if Fiona brought me one day, I'd go to the rocks. And the next day, one of the other girls might pick me up and I'd go a little bit further and we'd take photographs. PB today, I got a PB when Ponya. <laughs> you know, and it was like three or 400 metres. And then eventually progressed that I could walk on my own on the beach. And then eventually I was brave enough to be able to go into the dunes and just building up and looking at what I could do. And they were all little wins and being very grateful. That was a big thing as well that I, I would really encourage people to look at is gratitude and the role of gratitude in our lives. And if you're grateful for the little things, like I was grateful I was alive. I was grateful I was diagnosed. I was grateful my children, I could be there for my children and watch them growing up. So I would take what they would give me and be grateful that I had a fighting chance at fighting cancer. And I really have approached it like that. Um, and and literally just, for, and it's for anyone injured as well in triathlon, you know, you get injured and you're really frustrated and you can't do what you want to do because you're injured or your program is interfered with. You know, I'd really encourage people to, to think other ways around doing things because there was a stage where I couldn't swim because my white cells were too low. I wasn't allowed in the pool. And the, wor the only thing worse than getting chemotherapy is not getting chemotherapy. If your chemotherapy is cancelled because your white cells are too low, it's scary. So I wasn't allowed in the pool. Um, my toenails got all infected and fell off and they were really, my feet were really painful, so I couldn't walk. Um, but I discovered I could spin on my spinning bike in flip-flops. So that's what I did. <laughs> That's determination, courage, and bravery right there, ladies and gentlemen. I think uh, that's incredible. Uh, and, and, and Hilary. there because you, you've seen it from a patient side not the cancer piece but your own health issues back uh, 13 years ago yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're now a, a doctor and um, yeah. so you see it on both sides yeah I, it's so funny to to hear what both of you are saying it, it's kind of amazing I guess it's a theme that you know it shows kind of strength in overcoming hard situations um, and obviously there seems to be a path to, to overcoming it um, yeah when I was 20, um, you know, young, free, careless, um, and woke up one morning with a really bad headache, and uh, it transpired that I had a, a subarachnoid brain hemorrhage. Um, and at the time, you know, I was in Beaumont Hospital, and still at that age, you don't really realize, you know, when you're sick or what it means. And a nurse kind of came over and was like, you know, 50% of people who have what you have 
don't don't make it into the hospital and of those that do you know the outcomes aren't great and it was it was the first time that I was like what what I I I you mean I could die um, and that that changed everything you know it it, it makes you realize you're not invincible and um, it really makes you appreciate when you are good and healthy um, what you can do what you're saying and it teaches you a lot as well um, so you know similarly um, I went from being able to do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted to having to <coughs> lie in bed for a week not even able to lift my head um, and then it went from there for it was a year-long recovery really first steps were you know wobbly first steps and they were a big achievement and instead of thinking I can't believe I can only walk one kilometer today you switch it around and you're like I walked one kilometer today great tomorrow I'm gonna walk 1.5 um, and similarly the kind of control thing it was like everything was taken away from me so what what can I do and you, you kind of initially you're like I can't do anything it's awful but then slowly but surely you're like oh well there are you know it's I can I don't know I, I couldn't do any sports so I focused on writing letters to raise some money for a charity that I was going to go away with and that was huge and it was so empowering and when you find that one little thing you can do you realize then you can you can do a bit more so basically everything evil said was it really resonated as well yeah <laughs> Hilary do you think um do you think your illness at the time made you stronger did it change you Oh yeah, it changed everything really. Um, I think m mostly it really gave me an appreciation for when you're well and when when you can go out and when you can do things. And I'm sure everybody here, like uh, when you have a training session or you don't want to go to the gym or you don't want to go out for a walk or there's something you don't want to do, uh, we all feel that all the time. That's only natural, but it definitely has provided like a reminder that when I don't feel like doing those things, I'm actually really lucky that I can. Um, and then being in hospital and working in the hospital, I guess it happened to me like 13 years ago and I do forget, it's not like I think about it on a daily basis, but then seeing patients and people who, you know, you're very much reminded about it. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely has, has given me a good appreciation for, for how lucky we are when we can do things. <laughs> so bringing it back to you, Eve, because you're a guard who has to travel 45 minutes of a commute to work a good few days a week. I've heard stories of you setting up the turbo trainer uh, at half four in the morning at the station yeah. to try and do some training. How do you juggle uh, your time um, as, as a, as a like almost a professional athlete, yeah. but you have a profession as well on top of that, two young kids, a big commute, and you have a real, you have a stressful job. At times as well, you know, it can be stressful. Yeah, yeah it is. It is very stressful. I think, um, like, a, you know, to be really honest, I think the guard. I love my job. I always wanted to be a guard, but really, for the last couple of years, it's always been second. Do you know, my sport was first, so really, I was going to work so I could get paid, and I. That's just the way it was. That's me being honest. Um, I was fitting the bike in when I could because I had to. So I kind of had a long-term plan in my head because the kids were so young. I was thinking, how can I be at home more, you know, and maybe step back from work? So I just kind of tried to position myself to where I am now, that I'm lucky enough that we did get a medal, that I am a funded athlete. I've only three days left to work. and finished on Tuesday and I have a year off. So it was kind of like a long-term plan. So to get to that goal was nearly the same as getting to a gold medal in Rio. <laughs> you know, I just, 
need to train, whether that be at half four in the morning, whether it be at 10 o'clock at night, you know, so, so how, do you, how do you manage your rest and recovery then? Because that, yeah, that's very difficult for me and that's where I fall down. So there's very little rest and recovery, I'm going to be honest. What's um, a typical day then? Um, well, I'm six days a week, I have one day off, so I have six bikes, two gyms. Um, I don't really have a typical day. Um, if I'm not working, I'll drop the kids to school. I'll get on the bike and do a long spin. What's a long spin? Oh, it could be two to four, two to five. It, it just depends where I am. Right now, it's four. So just some kind of get to try and get my endurance base up again after the summer. So there are longer spins. But then last night, I had a short, sharp one because I gym in the morning. So. It, it kind of depends. My week isn't massive in terms of triathlon. You've huge weeks. I look back sometimes and how the hell did I manage to train for an Ironman? I don't know how you do it. Hats off. But um, it's, it's just managing time. And I think when you're a mum and you're working, you might only have a window. And if you don't train in that window, you don't have another one. So you either get your stuff on you and you do it or you don't do it. So it's one or the other. I feel like I should get my gear and go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will have to do Dublin City Marathon. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, oh my God. These women, I actually get really emotional listening to you girls. This is, oh this is amazing. Like, I'm sitting here going, how lucky am I in the job I have that I get to meet so many people and I'm a lazy yoke that doesn't factor. <laughs> I don't factor the training and maybe I need to be just as focused as you. It's, I, I have to give them another round of applause before we continue. <laughs> you know, as women, there's so many barriers put in our place, whether they're psychological, physiological, uh, biological, work-related, husband, partner, girlfriend, whatever it is related. And then you look at you and you kind of go, oh my God, you just don't do barriers. I mean, you are working as a lifestyle coach, nutritionist. How much of what you preach to your clients do you implement yourself? Um, well, <laughs> 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 all of it. She was expecting some praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fairly great. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I do live... Um, Pretty simply, insofar as I love being outdoors, and it just so happens that triathlon ticks all those boxes. Um, and I, I do promote um, eat good food, live a good life, have fun, laugh often. Um, and if, if, if I can help people to instill a little bit more of that, brilliant. You know, um, I, I, I really think I'd love if all my clients could have as much fun as we have. Hmm. We have great crack. We have yeah. great yeah. crack. You look like yeah. you we even laugh through. I, I, well, I think this is funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fiona met this um, You'll be shocked. guy who took a photograph of us at a triathlon mm. the previous year, and uh, he sent he was sent the photo. He met Fiona and Aldi, and he sent the photograph. He said, oh, I sent John that photograph. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Says, and he said, God, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it terrible about Burr? And I said, What happened to her? And he said, like, you know, I said, no, when I was only talking to her yesterday. What happened to you? Just, you know, like the cancer. And I went, ah, oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's grand, like. <laughs> you know, she cycled 100 kilometers yesterday at a 30.1 average. So Burr is fine. <laughs> and she dropped me twice. You know? So, um, yeah, it, it, we, we do have a great time. I think if, if um, yeah, if... 
it's it's great and i think i think that's just what i want to kind of show people that they can have fun train eat well and be merry and it's not all down to um you know kind of beating yourself up because you you were supposed to do an hour and a half session you only got an hour and 15 done because the kids had to be collected from soccer or whatever we are, we're so good at beating ourselves up and the guilt the guilt, yeah. the guilt. The guilt. Yeah, yeah 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 as well so, you know you yeah. eat that bit of chocolate you think jesus what did jonathan say you have to do a hard hour to burn a thousand calories Mother yeah. God. <laughs> that's a very hard hour. That's a yeah, very hard hour. That's to the mat. Oh, that, yeah. 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 Um, I, I suppose I want to kind of focus a bit more as well on some of the, the mental side of things and the mental resilience. Um, and I'm going to come to you, Hilary, on that because, you know, you've, you've podiumed in every single triathlon race that you've, you've started this year. You've podiumed, oh. which is an incredible <laughs> achievement. I suppose the first time you podium, you think, oh, that's great, like, amazing. Mm. The second time you go into a race and you podium, it's like, yes, brilliant. And the third time, it's like, oh, Jesus, I better win this now. <laughs> or or does, that, does that happen? Or is it a case of, I just need to go out and race my hardest? Um, well, I, I think there's two things there. I think I, I was really lucky. Um, you know, I don't, I think as any athlete or when you do activities, things don't often go as smoothly like that. Um, so. I think that it was rare enough, but that was great, and I take it. She's also very, very humble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very um, modest. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, as it went on, I definitely became aware of, oh, God, I, I, I've podiumed in the last three. Oh, you know, kind of, oh, am I feeling a bit of pressure now? Do, do I have to definitely make the podium? But no, I, t I took it back, and I was like, how did I approach the first race? And I was like, I approached it, I'll go out, do my best, I'll have fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and push as hard as I can, but you know, I'm not gonna beat myself up mm -hmm. if I do something wrong, if I feel bad on the day, um, and just keep it fun. And so when I did start to feel a little bit of like, oh, you know, there's, there's a bit of a, a trend going on here, I just took it back to uh, the, the principles, which are have fun, um, you're very lucky to be able to go out and start, um, if it doesn't happen, it's not a big deal, <laughs> and you'll go out and you'll be hopefully lucky enough to try again, and that, that was really it. <laughs> so you are also the winner of the Tour of Oma, and you have a cycling record. I mean, you've, yeah. you've, you've done so much yeah. in such a short period of time, because I think it was 2017 you were identified by your coach Neil at the yeah. time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've come on an incredible journey, very, very different to the two the two ladies in the middle, yeah. um, but still a, a journey, like, how did you deal with any setbacks that kind of came up with that? You know, what's your mantra for dealing with the setbacks? Yeah. Um, and juggling your internship. I mean, you've been in Donegal for yeah. the furthest part away from Ireland that you could be. You <laughs> 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 better delete that out of the show. <laughs> Anybody from Donegal here? You're very welcome. It's okay. I've raced in Donegal. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. I have lots of Strava sex. Um. Uh, so, what was the question? How yeah. do you deal with the setbacks? Setbacks. Um. I. I think to be honest with you, setbacks are nearly always a blessing in disguise. Um. They can feel terrible at the time. You can see no way around them, and you're like, "Well, th th this time I'm stumped. That you know, I'm just going to have to feel really sad about this, and there's nothing I can do." Um, I've, I'll use an injury as an example <laughs> to put it in context. I, I remember before 
the first World Cup um, on the track. We were we we had started track cycling six months previous. Before that, I mean, I didn't know what a track bike was. Um, never mind what a velodrome was. Never mind what the races were. But I was really lucky to get involved um, in in the in the track cycling um, talent ID program, and we upskilled pretty quickly. Worked really hard for six months alongside managing my internship, um, and we were a week out from the first World Cup uh, in Manchester. We were on the track and we had a crash, uh, well sorry, I had a crash by myself and I tore my quad pretty badly and I just remember thinking, you know, there's there's no coming back from this, it's awful, it's terrible, I rang my sister, I cried, I rang my mum and dad, I cried, <laughs> um, but you know, something my mum always says is sleep on it and you'll feel better, something will feel better in the morning and I guess when you do kind of step back and take take a few moments there's generally some way around it um some way around a setback um and kind of going back to what you were saying again you know it's like figure out the thing that you can do um so yeah uh, i think i, I, I see you nodding answered. your head uh, there <laughs> yeah. fairly strong do you want to come in on that as well in terms of managing the disappointments maybe i know, I know you're yeah. very proud of what you've achieved but i also know that you're disappointed you didn't get gold in yeah. the world cup on the on the road racing yeah the, the, look it doesn't matter what level you are there's always going to be disappointments and it's how i think f for for me how i manage it and then i'm part of a team so there's two of us on the bike so we kind of mentally were very different i i think i i'd like to think i think katie feels the same so after we got that silver medal i wasn't disappointed disappointed because i was thinking that not getting that gold medal will drive me into 2020. Not that the gold wouldn't have driven me, but the silver will drive me more. The hunger is yeah. there now. You know it's so within reach and you want to. I will kind of go back and go, where did I go wrong? I'm not going to do that again. You didn't drink at the right time. You forgot to take a gel. So even though I'm at it full time, I still make mistakes mm -hmm. and everybody makes mistakes. Katie was beyond disappointed. So there was two of us at very, I was kind of, what are you disappointed, you know, and, but then I had to say, okay, let's talk about your disappointment and why and where did you, where did we go wrong as a team? But look, at the end of the day, it's only a race and you're going to learn from your disappointments. You might not necessarily learn from your gold medal. So I can't wait to race again because I know what I did was wrong. I know, like I'm, I'm in control of that bike. I select the gears. I take the corners. So I'm like, I took that wrong, and I know I took it wrong, but I'm not going to let it get in on me because disappointment to me is my kids not feeling well, is getting over my father's death, is, you know, not being able to buy something for the kids, but not winning a race, even though I love what I do, it's not really a disappointment for me. I'd be mad at myself, but in the general, you know, life, it yeah. really is only a race. So, and you, you talk about your dad there, but he must yeah. have been incredibly proud of, of what you and you and Brian have, have achieved. And I'm sure yeah. all your families are very, very proud of, of what you've all battled and, and come to to be where you are today. Yeah, like it's it's really hard. I think um, I actually, do you know, I don't even like using the word really hard because it's 
it's not, you know, it's, we have a great life. Um, I think the memories is funny. When I found out Dad died, Hillary, myself and Hillary, we did Ross and Amon together. So like, I'll always have that connection with Hillary for that. You know, you meet amazing people along the way. So um, I was never doing Tokyo. 2020 but then after dad died I was like Jesus right am I going one of the one or the other I'm going to fall into grief or I'm going to get a gold medal in Tokyo so I was like I'm not going there so grief you can just stay there till I get this medal to inspire my children be the best that I can possibly be and then we'll chat so that's right <laughs> Because you've three teenage sons. I've, a girl in the middle. Oh, the girl in the middle. Yeah. No, I, I've two boys and a girl. Oh, two boys and a girl. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but your family must be incredibly proud of, of what you're doing. Do they think you're nuts doing triathlon through a chemo treatment, or are they very supportive? Um, they they're hugely supportive, and they are, the kids are very proud of me, and they'll tell me that they're very proud of me. But I was kind of very determined from day one that I wasn't going to adopt a patient role. I work in mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, and I work really closely with people and I've been preaching for years about, you know, the, the positive impact of exercise. Um, so I suppose this was about me putting it into practice and like, I just felt I, like you, I wanted yeah. to be a role model for my children. I wanted my, I, I, the other thing was, I was very distressed telling the kids that I had cancer because it was terrible to, my daughter was our first week in leaving start, my son first day in college. You know, my other son was doing his junior cert, and I was very worried for them, the burden of what cancer was bringing into their lives. So I wanted to be the strongest and the best role model I could be for them, so that I could support them emotionally. And like you, I put stuff aside to be there and be present for them emotionally throughout this. Um, and yes, they are proud of me, and they tell me that they're proud of me. So you know, the hashtag in Burr's house is be like Burr. <laughs> <laughs> just so we're clear, yeah. This is the running, the running, the running joke. If yeah. someone, if someone messes up in any form of life, yeah. any time, in any of our friends, do you know what? Now you need to be like Bert. I'm very lucky. I have a very supportive husband. He's he's very strong character. I'm strong character. But he's a really strong character. And he's been a real rock. And it's it's about. It's about trying to just be the best you can be and for me like trying to get through this cancer treatment and be the best patient but not be a patient get yeah. through it to the best of my ability with the least amount of collateral damage to my children and and myself and my husband um that's the way i wanted to do it and yeah like there's people who said like my mother's like she, 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 she's she, she's out on a bike Jesus Mary Joseph, she, she's what? She's where? <laughs> you know, so if people don't get that no. I am being true to me, yeah. going yeah. out cycling, yeah. doing my training, being with my friends, that's normal for me. It's normal for me to go out and cycle and do these things. Um, my oncologist, like, she said, you, you did what? And I said, I was like, we ate into treatment and I went out for a cycle. And I slept for about seven or eight hours after it. I was really wiped out after it, but I was like, I really buzzed. I really felt great. And she said, you went, you went cycling? And I said, yeah, but that was only small, easy cycle. Like, it's not, it's all relative to, you know, where you're coming from. I was, I was told to take up knitting by a surgeon one time. 
I said, I, I hope you stabbed with needles. I'm going to finish with one, one question for, for you, um, Fiona, because I, I can see that you've been a huge support to Beryl. You're, you're very, very close. But the, one of the big things that I find in triathlon is the support we get from, from all the women around us and all the people around us. And you talk about you've normalised the cancer piece for, for Burr, but I think in triathlon, you know, you, you do a starter try maybe and you're with a group of people and you think you're great doing it. And the next thing somebody said, geez, lads, we might go down to Galway and do the some triathlon Olympic distance and 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 it, it normalizes the long distance stuff is that the way it's been for you guys down in Cork in terms of your support group in um, terms of the crew that you train with in, in terms of supporting your own triathlon journey aside from the kidney piece but your own um, journey yeah, in the sport I think I think it, you know it comes back to that uh, saying is that Jim Rowan said you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself mm -hmm. with and like loads of our friends loads of our close friends um, my husband included um, do Ironman so um, yeah, it kind of, you tell some people that you did a sprint triathlon and I remember when I thought a sprint triathlon was so far outside my reach because I couldn't put my face in the water, I couldn't swim more than like 10 meters without jumping up in the middle of the pool gasping for breath. Um, and when you're at that point, it looks enormous to be up there. Um, and it is enormous, but it does become normalized and I think, actually I think the whole thing about it is if, if we can if we can share what we know and share that whole inception from from very beginning to going out and running for 10 minutes and having to stop five times to developing that pathway upwards it's very doable if you're in the right environment and i think we have a fantastic environment and um, we're very very lucky to be surrounded by the people we're surrounded with um, you make it happen though. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Like you, you need to cut negative people from your life or oh, you do. Surround yourself with positive people. Yeah, I agree. Cut them out. No room for toxicity in here, I can tell yeah. you. Yeah. Um, girls and gen ladies and gentlemen, uh, lunch is served downstairs in the restaurant. We have to be back in here for half wood. Please give another round of applause. I really enjoyed hosting that uh, panel of the Triathlon Ireland Women's Health and Wellbeing Conference. I hope you enjoyed the special bonus episode of the show. I was really inspired by this panel of talented and brave athletes and hope you were too. Feel free to pop me a message to trytalkingsport at gmail.com. Try with an I, not a Y, with your feedback. And do tell me where you are tuning in from. If you're enjoying the shows and have a few minutes to spare, please pop us a review on Apple Podcasts or on the Facebook page, Try Talking Sport. I'd really appreciate it. If you have been inspired to take the plunge into triathlon, why not get in touch with the team at Triathlon Ireland on www.triathlonireland.com who will be able to guide you and support you on those important first steps of your triathlon journey. Thanks as always for tuning in. Until next time. Yeah.